your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Rick Solom. All right, welcome. That's good. Welcome to Lacrosse Talk PM. Monday in the studio with me is, and John, I didn't write it down, so you're going to have to. John (laughs) Havlicek, and, you know, the easy way for me to do that is to say the teachers union president, but it's the lacrosse something school board of education, something, something president. <laughs> it's certainly not board of education. <laughs> not board of education. The lacrosse education association president. Yes. Okay. And I did, I, I will be honest. I did try to find it cause I have 28 pages of lacrosse talk PM notes, Google doc. <laughs> and it just like, I just add to the top of it. So it goes on and on and on. It just gets longer and longer. And I did the control F for Havlicek, not in there. So That's- you've been erased from my, my Google Doc notes. I don't know why. It, it could be conspiracy. Um, but I have, you, I have you in here today. We, we, we talked about this on our podcast this morning that released this morning, the Democratic Voice podcast with William Garcia, the Lacrosse County Democratic Chair. But in, and I talked to Steve Doyle, the assembly rep in the greater lacrosse area, about some of the bills that passed in Madison last week. And I want to get into to some some of that with you, but there is a school board meeting tonight, and it comes up at six, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Six o'clock. And is there anything just you know important? Do you anything stands out on the agenda that that you see, or maybe you didn't no. look at the agenda? No, I, no. You know, generally speaking, our school board um, is pretty responsive to the community, and they're very supportive of the teachers and the work we do. So, generally speaking, there aren't huge things. Um, I tend to uh, uh, go to them more often in the spring when more of the uh, the reports and so forth. Come there out. it is. There's the three pages. There's six, right. five pages, I think. Yeah. But um, what's what's funny is, and we are a culprit to this. I don't. Did you pay attention to the last school board meeting? No, I have not heard. So about one that. person from the public spoke, and she spoke about COVID, and I'm not going to remember exactly what it was, but the idea that. If I'm an if I'm a close contact as a student, I have to go home until. I mean, maybe you know the rules better than I do, but you have to go home probably until you test negative, or maybe it's it used to be two weeks, but I'm sure yeah. the game has changed there. It's a little bit shorter if if you're a close contact and you've been vaccinated. Uh, that's one set of of rules. That's one time frame, and then if you're a close contact and after a certain number of days you have a negative test, uh, that's also a certain time frame. So if a kid's a close contact, it ends up being about five days, five to seven days. Yeah, and, and the parent there, I think she was critical of the fact that the the child has to, as a close contact, not necessarily contracting COVID, has to go home kind of kind of uh, pointing, uh, what do you want to call it? It's like excluding them from being able to go to school, even though they didn't do anything wrong per se, just... Mm-hmm. Being safe, but they're you're, you're pointing to hey that kid, you know, almost like it's unfair to the, to that kid because it puts him in a yeah. them in a in a light where they they didn't do anything wrong, but it kind of right. looks like they did. Well, you know, and the kids aren't being punished, right? <laughs> um, so it's a safety matter, and we have situations in place. I was just talking to a student today, as a matter of fact, who I said, you know, yeah, we we can zoom you into class uh, synchronously. That's not always the best. Um, because things are going on that don't necessarily translate real well into Zoom land. And the student said, yeah, sometimes that's kind of hard. And I said, yeah, in, you know, one of the things that I have done is I, I then email those kids and say, look, can you come into, like, we have a resource time mm-hmm. where I have, um, have a dozen or so kids in front of me, but it's a study hall. It's a time for them to connect to the teachers. And so I'm more or less available to then connect with that student one-on-one. 
Yeah. And we can do it in 10 minutes. You know, here was the lesson. Here are the notes. Here's the homework. You know, if you don't understand something, touch base with me again tomorrow. And so that works pretty well. Yeah, and the the the, the I think the the person that commented was sort of emotional and a little bit um, out there with some some of the ideas of COVID protocols and maybe maybe that this isn't a thing and we don't need to do any of this. So, but it was it was the one thing we took from the school board meeting. When the school board meeting covers all kinds of other things, so yeah. I was like, uh, "Do we?" I, I get it. It's one. It's it's an interesting out of out of. It's, it's a little out there take. Yeah. It's in, it's the most in, it's definitely the most interesting thing that happened at the school board meeting, and we ran with it, but without any other of the actual topics at the school board. You know, like there's more important things if we yeah. wanted to deep dive into things that the school board is doing. I think one of them was just the. The, the the funding, the building plans, all that sure. that happened. Like, ah, we could have really dove into that instead instead of like grabbing the the headline, the yeah, headline it's not grabber. Sensational, right? So, admittedly, uh, probably not the best way to do, go about that. But uh, what are you going to do? Um, change it next time. School board meeting tonight. We'll see what happens with that. The United the the idea we are talking about merging high schools. And I don't know if that's way down the road. Do you hear? You must hear about this, right? Like the getting Central and Logan will be yeah. merged at some point. Maybe I don't know if this is a ten well, years down the road. Or, I wouldn't huh. say will. No, right. I was saying I mean, that that's something that's discussed certainly. Yeah. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Do you because I think uh, I don't know is enrollment going down so much that we would merge high schools? I could see it as a cost saving measure because yeah. we're, maybe we don't get we're not getting enough quality teachers or enough teachers or. Yeah. You know, so there's, and then merging into one building, just the, the idea of cost there would, would go down. But uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't see a lot of people being on board with that. Uh, you know, the, I mean, there's goods and bads, right? I mean, you know, when you get into pretty small high schools, there's a familiarity and a comfort and so on and so forth. One of the downsides, though, as, as high schools in particular uh, approach on the downward tr- side, some number, whatever that number is, mm-hmm. is that it gets harder and harder to offer the variety of programs. So, you know, when you're talking about 1,000 or, or 900 or 800 or 1,100 or whatever that number is, you start to have to cut programs because you just don't have enough kids and there become too many scheduling conflicts to support programs because we can't really run a class of 10. You know, just it's just fiscally we can't run classes of 10 because that's just not the way our system is built. Yeah. And so you might have a class of 10 and you go, well, I have to cut that class. And then I have to cut eventually that program. So then people look at it and go, geez, you know, uh, you used to have, well, like in my department, you know, we offer Spanish, French, German, and Chinese, which is relatively unheard of for us to offer four languages at the same high school, especially Chinese. French. Very rare. Why are we doing French? Yeah, right. you you think Chinese is is well Chinese is rare, but importance yeah. I would say Chinese oh, is probably are. pretty. They all are. They yeah. Are. Okay. So and so as the building gets smaller, it gets harder and harder to to make those programs viable. So then when you go so if you start going the other way and you say, well, you know, we have seventeen hundred kids now. Uh, let's just say a section of whatever class at Logan that only had ten kids and didn't run and a section of the exact same class at Central that only had 10 kids and didn't run, if they were in the same building, there'd be 20 kids and it would be a section. Yeah, definitely. And so you can offer a lot more variety of programs. 
Um, you know, people talk about sports a lot. You know, well, geez, my yeah, kid Logan's not going to play Central anymore. That's, yeah, that's all. That, that it, might be the only be the thing parents. people care. It tends to be the parents. You know, my kid won't be able to play. You know, varsity. This. Oh, well, maybe. Okay. Oh, you're thinking like the 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 number of kids on a team would be larger. Therefore, he might get cut. They might get cut yes, from a yes. team. Okay. You know, but like I was a tennis coach, and we we never cut. We never cut. Yeah. You know, most tennis programs are no cut. Uh, so yeah, maybe your kid won't be the starting pitcher on the softball team or the starting quarterback or, or whatever it is, but there will be other opportunities. Or the starting number three tennis yeah, player. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, the, the third string long snapper. Yeah. So, but there were, but there will be so many other opportunities that are offered. Yeah. And you know, the benefit doesn't really come from being a star player. The benefit comes from the participation and the coaching and the work ethic and all those different things. The funnest, the fu- uh-huh. the, the most fun I had in uh, basketball was when I came off a broken leg. They tried to get me reincorporated into basketball, and I played on the junior reserve team. Most fun I ever had because it was you, you played. You, you, there was kind of do whatever you want. We're just trying to get you back into basketball. So yeah. I went from a center that only never left the paint, played in the post. To uh, dribbling up court and jacking threes <laughs> because there was no discipline there. But um, that's John Havacek, the teachers' union president. We're going to get back. Brad's got to do the news. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM in studio with me. If you got questions, John Havacek is the Lacrosse Education Association president. He's been doing that eight years, and you've been a Spanish teacher for twenty six years. So if anyone yes, wants sir. to call and just do. Uh, if anyone wants to call and talk with John in Spanish, uh, I think it'd be funny. So feel free to do that. But only Spanish? You're not, because you said you have French, Chinese, and what was the other one? German. German, okay. No. But you don't have any uh, any way of, okay. Nothing. You'd think you'd just pick it up a little bit because you've learned another language. Therefore, your brain really already sure. understands how to learn another language. That is language. absolutely true if I had started years and years ago. Have you ever have you ever tried to write Chinese? Because that one just is like Spanish. I've gone through Spanish class. We've talked about how I failed once one quarter. Big surprise. Uh, but you can, you know, man, I don't even know if I can remember tilde. I think that's a yep. something Spanish. But you could write Spanish, and it, there was like a similarity there oh, sure. to writing Spanish with in, in English letters or whatever. But Chinese is like symbols, and I yeah. do not. Have you ever tried to understand that? I being a not. no, okay, I have not. So just you, you're you're not curious in in terms of other languages. You just oh, well, you going it's, down. It's your very language. interesting. I have a lot of students who actually take multiple languages. I have I had probably three or four students last year who went through Spanish five and Chinese four. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's do impressive. you do you know how? So when you have those kids, that, those students that kind of are getting an upper echelon of of learning another mm-hmm. language, Spanish. We'll just say Spanish. Um, do you keep touch with them and and how much of them knowing another language maybe gets them a, a job down oh, the sure. road or do, i don't know there's yeah. a, there's no way to do a percentage on this i'm i'm sure no. but but i mean how many of those students go on and you're like oh of course you are because you took like 4 years of spanish in yeah. high school and then probably went on in college to 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 yeah. minor in it or something and now your job is at the State Department being a translator for, you know, or something like <laughs> well, that. But maybe, sure. maybe not that. That's way up there. But um, the, there must be a lot of you must sure. have a lot of students over oh, the sure. years. You know, I keep I, I do keep in touch with the kids uh, just like anecdotally. A uh, student that graduated last year, um, 
she was traveling through Iowa with the Wisconsin Conservation Corps or whatever exactly it's called, and uh, WISCOR. And um, she sent me a picture of a restaurant in Iowa that was called Don Quixote's Restaurant. And she was like, you know, Mr. Havlicek, we read that book. Like, what are the odds that there's a restaurant in Iowa, or Indiana, excuse me, in Indiana, named Don Quixote? I'm like, yeah, I, I wouldn't have guessed that, I no. guess. You know? <laughs> and so it's just kind of, it's one of those things that these kids, they make connections. Mm-hmm. They, they do. You know, um, I certainly, I, we did actually have a student that worked for the State Department that you bring that up. That was kind of, he came back and talked to our class about how he was stationed. Uh, he was in, in Asia for a while. Um, working for a, a consulate, and then he was scheduled to be, I believe, in the Democrat, the People's Republic of the Congo, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, and then he got, his assignment was was deferred because it was pretty dangerous and stuff. Um, but a lot of the kids will say, like, yeah, once they found out that I was a Spanish minor, um, they kind of put me in charge of whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, um, this is years ago, we had a student who went on to become a pharmacist, and he like maybe took one class at the university and they were just like, Oh, you went, you did all that Spanish in high school. You'll be the one who deals with any Spanish speaking. Oh, now it's now, now learning and, Spanish has become a burden. Yeah, well, <laughs> so it was just funny. Cause he told me that. I was like, wow. I was like going, he goes, well, at first it was, it was tough. Cause it was like, slow down, please slow down. But then he got better at it. And I mean, it didn't get him the job by any stretch, but it was certainly useful. Yeah, after, after they you know. do that, then you go, okay, well, then I'm going to need a raise because <laughs> well, I'm doing extra. Do I'm doing that. something a little bit extra, That's right? right? Um, there, there, and we, we've talked about I bring this up. This is always interesting to me, and I bring it up every time I have you on. But the idea that we, we're, we're, we're mandating things in the Wisconsin State Legislature now yep. in education, and we can get to yep. that in a minute. But we're not mandating kids learn at a young age Spanish, right? Like maybe first grade, second mm-hmm. grade, something like that. Um that would be a great place to to do that, would it yeah, not? Totally. Would and mandating might be tough because I I doubt every school has a Spanish teacher or a foreign language yeah. teacher, right? No, like does, I mean they could do it. I mean, not I'm not saying Spanish, but a second language. Yeah, they could absolutely do it. it, it you know, um, you, there was a guy. I think you, you've probably heard of him. What was his name? Bill uh, Don Quixote. Oh. Bill Clinton. Oh, when he, you've probably heard of him. Yeah, when he was governor, he worked on a national education. Uh, program and they produced a report called Goals 2000, and so this is you know back then right, and the idea was that um, world languages should be taught uh, at the elementary school by by the year 2000 to make us globally competitive. Yeah, and it it comes down to funding, it comes down to choices, it comes down to you know budgets not really keeping up. Um, but you're right. I mean, if, if we did what other countries do. You know, and, and when they point at things, they say the U.S. education system is so far behind. Number one, that's not true. Number two, if we wanted to really look at what other countries do, one of the things they do is they start teaching multiple languages in the elementary school. Now, if if we started that, like how much would your job change? If you just we throw you into the first grade level in teaching Spanish. Mm-hmm. Do you, does your the the way you teach has to change a, a little oh, bit or quite a bit a lot absolutely. okay yeah, yeah. because the kid they can't, well they, they can't, can't read they can't right read, they can't write right. yeah you know but, but it actually supports that is what the studies would would you show. would you have to go back to school to figure out how to yes. teach kids yes right okay yes um that makes a lot of sense and um and that would be hard for for schools to do that but like you could start that change and 
And if mm-hmm. it would be interesting if if and maybe it wouldn't it couldn't be you because obviously you'd have to get. But if lacrosse schools just brought in somebody mm-hmm. and then just experiment, just take one one class of first graders and then every year have yep. that one class for yeah. for 12 years, right? Is that yes. too much? 12 years of taking yep. say say Spanish or is that pretty normal? Would that be pretty normal if we were going to mandate a, you know, sure. do do something like that? Uh I'm trying to think of what district used to do that. I think uh, or did, I didn't know you were going to ask that question. <laughs> I think it was Fond du Lac um that basically divided their district in half and you either got German because they had a German teacher at the time, yeah. or you got Spanish, starting in third grade. Okay, and, and then just they just kind of divided the district because that was what they had staffing for. And what they found was that the parents loved it, the kids loved it. Um, it, it wasn't a ton of extra staffing, and uh, what they find is that you say, well, you lose some minutes of English language arts instruction, or you lose some minutes of this to accommodate that. Um, but what they found is it actually uh, improves a lot of those understandings because that's the way our brains are wired. Well, they, the kids probably, first of all, their, their minds working in a different way. And we, we yeah. can get into why some of the state legislature says they're mandating things like <laughs> cursive, <laughs> but their, their mind works a little bit different way. They might become more interested in that culture. And there's yeah. just like a, a genuine uh, curiosity to learn about Mexico or <laughs> Spain because they're learning Spanish or to travel there at some point. Right. Hey, I know all this Spanish now. Um, and then, and then they, you know, they, they could, uh, if they're at a friend's house and they're doing something where they they don't want the parents to know, they could just speak <laughs> German or, or Spanish. You talk about German, but yeah. you just, all of a sudden, all of a sudden you're, you're, you're yeah. a parent and you're overhearing the kids in the other room, but they're all speaking Spanish yeah. Yeah. and you have no idea. You're like, what are you kids up to? No Spanish in the house. Yeah. Cause they're, they're up to, to no good. Uh, that's John Havacek. He's going to stick with us for the hour. If you got questions, 608. 608- 785-7914 is the talking text line. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the banned words the Wisconsin State Legislature has proposed. Um, I think these were passed in, in assembly. Uh, Governor Evers won't sign them, but banned words and then mandates like cursive and civics and stuff like that. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line if you want to get in here. If anyone wants to just have a Spanish conversation with John Havlicek, he's been a Spanish teacher for 24 years at Lacrosse at Central High School and 26 years overall. So at some point you were just somewhere else for two years? Uh, I taught in Winona. Oh, in Winona, okay. Um, somebody did, did text in uh, Cerveza Banos. So I don't know, they just random text. Keyword cervezas, cerveza. Cerveza means bano, banos. Oh, banos. Banos. There it is. Probably bathroom. Okay, beer bathroom. I, what? I'm not sure. No, those are those. That didn't work. <laughs> work on maybe. Uh, well, context, to work on that. like we were talking about in the commercial break. Yeah, context. <laughs> a little, a little out of context. I don't know, but that's uh, that's their own. Maybe that's just their only words that they know that in they Spanish. Need. Could be. The, oh yeah, if you're in. If you're in Mexico, those probably the only two words you actually really need is beer, 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 and bathroom, bathroom. Uh, one and then the, the one, the other, one and then the other. I think that's how that would go. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. I have too many tabs open. So the Wisconsin State Legislature passed a, a bunch of. Well, they didn't pass them. They they passed. They passed uh, one side or the other of of the legislature, and then they'll just get they'll get vetoed by Governor Tony Evers and. 
we talked about this on the Democratic Voice podcast this morning. If you want to go to wisdomnews.com and search for that under podcast. But um, first of all, they, they, are, they want to mandate cursive. And part of the reasoning that they wanted to do that, the bill, that and it did pass the assembly, is because kids will, will their, their creativeness, their minds will work a little different in learning cursive. But I would say, like, we could, we could have kids learning a lot, a lot of different things to make their minds work creatively. But, you know, when you, when you want to, my argument on the podcast was, Instead of making them learn cursive, we should just mandate typing because typing, I don't think, is a mandated class, even though every kid probably should learn to type at this point. Yeah, I mean, kids get keyboarding, certainly at younger and younger ages. Uh, and it actually presents a little bit of a challenge um, because their hands aren't big enough. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, they are. Well, they start with the cell phone, so their hands are big enough <laughs> yeah. then. And then they get an iPad, and then their hands are yeah. big for that. And then eventually, well, they, do kids even, kids probably don't even, do they have, do, uh, kids have laptops in school, or are they probably uh, an the, iPad? The, the younger kids have iPads. Um, the older kids, like where I teach at the high school level, they have laptops. They have laptops, because it would make sense, because if you're typing papers yeah. and, and all that. But um, the last time, I, I tried to write my name last week in cursive, and it took me a minute just to remember the... <laughs> The, the S, in, because the capital S is a little different than the lower K, and just whatever. Everyone can understand how goofy cursive is. The idea of mandating it just seems a little ridiculous. Um, but they've also, they've also, in doing this, they've, they've banned, they, they want to call it critical race theory, and we've talked about this a little bit before, but they're just misconstruing what critical race theory is and the fact that uh, is any high school in the nation teaching critical race theory no. first of all nobody knows what it means and now we've changed the definition of right. it to i don't even know how how you would i don't even know how that works because we just we're just going to change the definition of a phrase yep. to fit my agenda yes. to socially outrage my base yes and therefore what and then therefore people are screaming at school board meetings about yes. something that doesn't they even don't. happen I mean, um yeah. it would be like it would be like banning you know I don't know. It would be like, no, that's not going to work. Banning, what could you ban? It would be like banning bringing your cow to school. Right. Like there's no, we cannot be bringing our cows to school anymore and be like, well, we don't, it might be a terrible example, but we don't actually bring cows to school. So we, we don't need to ban that. And (laughs) I don't know. So, but they, they've, they've, in, in doing that, they've banned these t- is it, they've banned well, t- teaching concepts. I don't even know a, how to explain it. This is it. A, a suggested list of of things that that this uh, legislator put under the broad umbrella of critical race theory. He just adds but, woke. Woke yeah. is in there. We've banned. We gotta. We have to ban woke. Just so, that. So I mean, just we should you know just to make sure we're all clear. Critical race theory is really this fairly abstract academic concept that says that race and racial issues are woven through the fabric of our country, our judicial system, and, and all sorts of things. And we talked about this a month ago when there's a gentleman called in and said, I've never seen racism. Race is not a problem. Um, and, and we know better than that. But then this legislator is putting all sorts of terms under there. And, and the one that jumped out at me was cultural competence. And when I read that, I thought, you know, critical race theory is something that some folks have been talking about now for, oh, gosh, at least three weeks. And cultural competence has been in the world language curriculum standards for probably 50 years at the national level, and no one has argued it. So this was just really just this laundry list of terms 
that I suspect that the gentleman has a bit of a shaky understanding as to what they are. Um, if you want to throw those on, we got a couple of calls yes, here. And uh, Northside Kent is calling. Well, now he's on this line. I'll bring Kent on. Kent. <laughs> I don't know if I. I don't know if I hung up on you. Oh, your dog is on again, two times in a row, Kent. That yeah. dog's yeah, on. Yeah, he speaks Spanish. He said, "Hola, Rick. Hola, <laughs> hola, senor." Uh, yeah, Kent, go ahead. You're on with Havlicek. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, you guys. You know, our son Paul. He's going to be 22 next month. We have eight sons, by the way, Rick. I bet you didn't know that, but nope. Paul. Paul used to go to uh, Northwoods International School. They call it out on County B. Yep. And when he was in second, third grade, he was coming home. He was speaking some Spanish, German. They were teaching him a lot of cool stuff there, you know. I think that's what we need to get back into is, you know, like science, reading, foreign language. These kids in China are learning uh, high school algebra in third grade, equivalent to what we have here. So I just, you know, it's really impressive when Paul was a, and they didn't call it the elementary school, it's, Northwoods International School, I believe. Yep, absolutely. but that's we need to get more back into that, guys. How's, you know, how old's Paul now? He's twenty-two. He works at the brewery. How is this uh, foreign language? Um, he's also got hearing uh, disability, so if he wants to give you some dirty words in sign language, he can do that <laughs> okay. too. All right, that's thanks. Awesome. Thanks for the call, Kent. I don't see now. Kent calls in and says uh, third graders, equivalent third graders, are te- are being taught algebra in China. Not really sure if that's true, so he's just saying that. I have no idea, but oh, sounds great or terrible if you want to if you want to say <laughs> one thing or the or the other. But yeah, that that school over there that that's an interesting. Yeah, uh, they they do stuff a little bit differently over there. Yeah, they've uh, they've actually switched from uh, from the partial immersion is what it was called where the kids could get half of their day in Spanish to International Baccalaureate, which is also a very, um, a very interesting program. It's got, it, it's got a lot of ties to, to basically higher-level uh, learning. So we have real good hope. International Baccalaureate sounds very, I don't know, it just, I feel like we probably shouldn't be saying that or using, I don't know, it just <laughs> sounds a little too different for me. <laughs> And my uh, culture, so you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna p- put that through the state assembly, see if I can't get it banned. What is that? It just can you describe? Because I don't think a whole lot of people understand what that is. Yeah, the IB program is just a different way of arranging the curriculum and trying to kind of broaden the curriculum, but also make it richer, so that there are more experiences, there are more projects, there's um, there's a lot more like lived experiences. Okay, and it flows all the way through. Um, through the high school, uh, potentially. So more group projects. So just a, the, and then the burden falls on the one kid in the group. Is that, <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, but getting back to some of these, uh, the, you know, the critical race theory uh, discussion and and the banning of the, you know these ideas. I guess equity is on this list. Why are we banning <laughs> equity? Like the kids probably should know what equity at some point in their life they should probably learn what equity means and. Well, I think that <laughs> diversity that, training. Why is diversity know, training on? I think that people have gotten this idea that things are fair and equal and equitable right now. Yeah. And then they say, well, if you want equity, that means you want to change that. So then some people have actually flipped it in their head to think that equity means that somebody should get more than I'm getting. Right. And like, no, no, no. 
you know, and I think there's just a lot of folks that don't realize that there's, you know, if we were running a race, okay, and it's a 100-meter dash, and we both start at the, the start line, that's one thing. But what people don't realize is that some of us start at the actual start line, and some of us start 50 yards behind the start line. And then that one kid starts at the finish line. <laughs> there are some of those. I think we call that being born on third base. Yeah. Um, another, a couple other. So social justice is among these band yeah. teaching concepts. I'm not sure. Are we teaching social justice anyway? Are we, well, these are things that are. Certainly we talk about those things. Like it would be, But it's not like there's a social justice unit, right? <laughs> Systemic racism is in there. That seems yeah. like, I mean, we're not teaching first graders this stuff. No, but as they get older, it's it wouldn't be a you know it wouldn't be like all that harmful to bring it up. But what I think is happening here is we throw these phrases Mm -hmm. into the band. Hey, we got to ban these teaching concepts because certain people look at them and go, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means, but it it sounds yeah, sounds like indoctrination and and in 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 going after my 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 white culture. So I have to. You're going after the U.S. Essentially, well, and, and but it's honestly, not. The kids get it though, because when we talk about like there is systemic injustice and we need to address this, when we talk about it in the high school, the kids get it. They really do. They're much more um, aware of these things than at least I was mm-hmm. at their age. Yeah, for sure. Because I, according to uh, my teachings, I always bring this up as. Christopher Columbus came over, (laughs) hung out with the Native Americans, who we called Indians at that time, and they had corn and just hung out and Thanksgiving, and 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 it was like, oh, he didn't murder all the, not all the Indians, but a lot of them. And, uh, you know, it wasn't the the awfulness that we see slowly changing with Christopher Columbus Day now becoming Indigenous Peoples Day, which is kind of weird, kind of a weird slap, I think, too, because... I would I would say we could eliminate Christopher Columbus Day oh, yeah. and also have Indigenous Peoples Day on a different day. Like, yeah, yeah. can we just do it a different day? It's not so they're not associated. But there's probably a learning process there to mm-hmm. why we would do that. Um, we're going to take one more quick break. We'll come back with John Havlicek after this. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. A couple minutes left here in the show. If you want to get on six zero eight seven eight five. 7914, John Havlicek, the, here we go, Lacrosse, Lacrosse Education Association president. He's in his eighth year doing that. Um, no uh, no challengers yet for that? or is there, You vote for that, right? Like you, yeah, yeah, I get elected. It's more of a whoever doesn't want to do it, step back. Uh, yeah, right. That's right. Um, all right. So we're, we've been talking a little bit, kind of kind of all over the place, but the, the idea that our state legislature is mandating we haven't talked to civics yet. I don't have we, we no, a little no. bit, but the idea that they're going to mandate at least a semester of civics when eh, you kind of already do that, right? Yeah, I mean, our kids get get a, a really uh, a very rich, very broad offering of social studies classes, and and the teachers just they nail it. They do a great job of it. Is do you do you disagree with it being a mandate? In the state legislature, because I oh. I think part of this would be that it then mandates private schools to also teach civics. Uh, the problem that I have with it is that our government doesn't 
apparently <laughs> abide by any civics at all anymore, especially not just federally, but in Wisconsin itself are, you know, we're, we're mandating cursive. We're passing that when we know very well that, and I don't know, I, I highly doubt governor Tony Evers is going to uh, sign the bill that oh. mandates cursive because it just seems so stupid. But Steve Doyle, oh. the assembly rep here in the greater lacrosse area called it a culture war. Um, but it's, it's not, it's not anything new, right? The, are, are the Republicans are passing bills to get Evers to veto them for optics. And you, you, you thought maybe we should pass bills that Democrats should just get right on board and start doing the same thing. I mean, well, you know, perfect example of what you were saying about like, do they, or do they not follow civics themselves? Right. Uh, I don't know if you've been following the DNR. Uh, the department oh, yeah. of the board yep. that there's a gentleman whose term expired a in year May. ago it, and it, he expi- simply it expired re- in may yeah and he refuses to leave yeah and uh robin voss won't approve governor evers candidate nominee nominee for that spot all right I'll, I'll, I'll correct him. a couple of things his oh, name's yeah. fred preen Okay. He's the DNR, DNR policy board. He's a yeah. Republican. He's yeah. a conservative, but he's a Republican. Yeah. Appointed by Scott Walker. His term ended. His yeah. six-year term, so six it's not a term. short term, nope. ended in May. Uh, the day either before or after it ended, Governor Evers appointed or yep. uh, nominated Sandra yep. Nass to take over, and which would mean she would be a Democrat, yep. and, and then that won't. would flip the board's uh, yes. conservative majority to a liberal majority. And uh, the Senate has to confirm. Yeah. So Robin Voss's yeah, yeah. assembly. Sorry. The Senate has to confirm these nominations. The Senate confirmed 39 people last week. Sandra Nass wasn't one. Yeah. wasn't one of them. Um, so so they're just not abiding by the norms. Well, right. Or, Certainly, that's not the way it would be taught. Right. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and UW Lacrosse political science professor Dr. Anthony Chergoski comes in here, and we will have this discussion maybe. Once in a great while, but the idea he he'll teach a civics class, sure. But he has to reteach the civics class and kind of explain that this isn't actually. Hey, this is how government's supposed oh, to be right, run, right. and this is how government's being run. So it's kind of like a yeah. dual civics yeah. class, like civics for everybody, and then civics for our nation right now and our state legislature, uh, because it's not the, the, these things aren't the the norms aren't actually happening right now. Uh, Tremplo Tom is calling in. Tremplo Tom, go ahead. You're on with John Havlicek. I just wanted to mention the reason that gentleman is not stepping down is because the legislature is controlled by Democrats, and they're given the ability and the authority to make the decision on whether they move forward with that or not. What, so le- they what, are Tom, 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 them. Tom, what, the yes. legislature is controlled by Republicans. That's correct. Yeah, you said Democrats. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, no, I, I meant to say that, yeah, we have a majority of Republicans, and they are simply uh, uh, doing what the people that elected them asked them to do. By not confirming Governor Evers' nominees for secretary for offices? Exactly. By controlling uh, how state government is run to the best of their ability. Okay, so when when our government appoints people to positions and then our Senate doesn't confirm them and then they run those positions unconfirmed, that's how government's supposed to be run? 
uh, government is supposed to be run by the people that are elected to do it, and they have the ability to do this, so that's what they're doing. So they, it, it isn't really kosher, but I can tell you we have that gentleman running uh, in the DNR position simply because the majority of the state has elected people that want him there. His term ended in May. Six months ago. I, I understand that. Yeah, so why does he get to keep that. running? I'm just telling you the reason he's still there is because the majority... All right, so the reason he's still there is because Republicans who control the Senate haven't put Sandra Nass, his replacement, on the calendar to be confirmed. That's the only reason. And they only do that because they're Republicans, that dude's Republican, and she's not a Republican, and that would flip the DNR board because we've made the DNR board... Uh, partisan. A partisan board now. We've turned the DNR, and maybe Scott Walker did this by removing all climate change data from the DNR website. So, um, all right, John, I, I don't know. We got we got like Come a minute a minute here left, yeah. and and just like we're gonna explain that over and over again. But you brought it up. This is on this is on you. This is totally your fault. Well, um, you said, but when you said how civics is supposed to work, right? I think it comes down to this. If I could just say one last thing, yeah, I for would sure. Just say it this way. You know, read. Listen, get you know, get your information from the left, the right, the center, and and have an open open eye and an open ear to this stuff. Because like the gentleman said, um, yes, they are doing what they want to do. Um and that is the reality of the situation. But like the gentleman just also said, and they were elected by a majority of the people, when in fact they weren't. Okay, the way the states uh districts are drawn. They were actually elected by a minority. Yeah, and we can we can kind of we're not yeah. going to get into the gerrymandering talk right. with uh, 15 seconds no. to go in the show. But um, hey, I do appreciate you coming in here Thank once again, me. and uh, we'll we'll have to do it all again maybe in a month from now. All right, uh, tomorrow I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. I do know <laughs> I have Jill Billings on Wednesday, but I'll figure out something tomorrow.